You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leon Dolan. I'm a writer and producer. I'm here in my closet in a, a brand new chair, sisters. I mean, Ooh, wow. I mean, that is exciting news. Well, when they canceled the Rose Parade last week, I thought, well, this is it. We're in this closet till 2021, maybe 2022. <laughs> I'm going to get myself a chair. So I had been sitting on like a, like a 50 year old Ottoman that mom had given me. It was not comfortable. So fantastic new chair, rolled it right into my closet. How are you guys doing? Jewel, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm still here in cool, lovely, delightful Colorado. Uh, I have no chair, Leon, but now I'm a little jealous. Uh, but I'm thinking I might want to get a gaming chair. Have you seen any of those? My grandsons are trying to talk me into getting a gaming chair. <laughs> wow. That could be quite a look in the in, in a closet. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want a photo of that. This is Liz. I'm the middle sister. I'm in uh, I'm in Bend, Oregon. Another gorgeous day here today. And I'm excited to be here with you, sisters. Liz, great show. But first, Liz, you're going to tell us all about our great new website. Well, I just want to remind people, because we put up this whole new website, and then we mentioned it once, and we didn't mention it again. So I'm going <laughs> so to mention it again, because there's now a place where all things Satellite Sisters comes all together. So if you go to SatelliteSisters.com, you can find all of our episodes, by the way, more than 850. And it's the best way to connect to any of the apps that you listen on. Like if you're on Apple or Spotify, subscribe. You can do that there. It also brings together all of our communities. We've got a Facebook page. We've got a Facebook group. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. That's all there. You can sort of take a look at what's there and decide what you want to participate in. Uh, We have a blog, Leon. You've done most of the work on that so far. But, you know, we're going to have a place where we can post things and say what we want. So working on that, uh, some information on how to work with us if you hire speakers and things. And final teaser, some hitherto unpublished photos of us, including... I, I, I was shocked at some of those photos, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> I know. After we uh, we said yes and we it went live, I thought, God, I never showed Julie any of the new... No, people. you did not. No, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. But they're good ones. They're good ones, including a really nice one of all of us, of all five sisters with our mother, Edna Dolan. So there you go. There's a reason to visit our new website, SatelliteSisters.com. Well done, Liz. Great job. Great job. All right. We have a full show for you today. Um, We're not taking the summer off. We continue to work. We're here for you. Uh, First of all, um, Julie's going to tell us about sort of the surprise. I don't want to say shot. Royal wedding? I don't know how you describe it. We're going to talk about that. I think this was a delightful. I'm going to. We're going to talk a little bit about the royal wedding. It was delightful. I'm going to tell you why, Liam. Yes. All right. Thank you. Uh, Liz has a working it out this week. It was a Facebook question from Melanie, and mainly the Satellite Sisterhood and Misterhood did most of the work on this one. Some great, a great question, and some great responses. Uh, Liz, so heartwarming, heartwarming to see all of you helping each other during these hard times. So thank you. 
Liz, you also have a new favorite word you're going to let us in on. So yeah. that's exciting. Um, <laughs> Julie, apparently uh, you have you have advice for me. Who's the advice for every parent that has a recent graduate asleep on their couch right now? Is yes. that who the advice is for? That's okay. right. Moms and dads are getting into really and truly getting into the job search business with their recent college grads. So there's some good news. There's some uh, maybe not so good news, uh, some cautionary words. Yes. Well, I feel like we can speak openly because I'm in a closet and he's still asleep downstairs. <laughs> my recent college grad. Uh, also, we have I am bringing a magazine hodgepodge. You know, we love those. Ooh. We have some entertaining sisters and then um, cooking with Liz is here. So yeah. after a triumph in the backyard, triumph <laughs> in the backyard. Uh, Liz, while you were busy cooking salmon this weekend with half our family, I have to say I spent the weekend just reading, watching, and listening to the moving tributes and remembrances of John Lewis. Wow, what a life. I mean, I had so much more to learn about him and so much admiration for him already, and now boundless admiration. What a life he led. Must be something to sort of live by your convictions every day of your life. <laughs> I, I mean... I and everyone, everyone said that about him, that not only, I mean, you always knew like he was an activist and he was talking about what was important to him, but people also all mentioned his kindness and his peacefulness. Mm -hmm. And when you think of like nonviolent protest, you forget about that fundamental to that is also the suffering they go through. So many discussions about that. I was also very moved. I got choked up quite a few times right. listening to the tributes. Right. He was a remarkable man and lived a remarkable life. And, it, you know, it is it's humbling to to really to spend some time, you know, learning more about it. I agree. Mm -hmm. It's a good word, Julie. Humbling, because to to a person, the people who remembered him, you know, said he led with love and humility. And yeah. that's, those mm -hmm. are two really hard things to lead, lead with on a consistent basis. Yes. I feel like I have a lot to learn from that. So rest in rest in peace, John Lewis. Thank you for your service, really, for all the work you did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, love and humility, it's not exactly what our culture teaches us to value. So right. it's it's good to get a reminder of how valuable it truly is. And how powerful it can be, how change making, mm -hmm. right? Where you can you can create change from those two th places. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yes. And I haven't seen the documentary yet. So I'm looking forward to watching that, that brand new documentary about him. I heard the director on an interview just talking about her admiration for him. So that's next up on my list. So speaking of movies. <laughs> wow. Uh -oh. Sounds like a, what, what's happening. What's happening on this podcast, I'm afraid. What? What are you talking about? Liz. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure when I told you guys on the show a few weeks ago that I was going to set up an outdoor movie theater in my backyard, you were kind of playing along, but you did not really believe I was going to do it. Is that correct? I, I did correct. not think you had the wherewithal <laughs> yeah. uh, to make that happen. No. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, okay. I am so close to opening night. We I, uh, There was a little bit of a snafu this weekend. I want to explain, but I, 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 I figured it out. So, yeah, I... I went ahead and I ordered the projector. People in the Facebook group had a lot of good suggestions. And then I read the reviews. And, you know, there's that website, Wirecutter, which is always good with reviews for technical products. So I just ordered it. Then when it arrived, I spent a whole afternoon studying the various cables and adapters I would need. You know, because... you must have been in heaven, Liz, because... <laughs> 
<laughs> we know how much you love your cables, your wires, your plugs. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is really, you know, it's your life's work right there. <laughs> it truly is. Because I knew I was going to have to attach either my laptop or my iPhone or some other gizmo to the projector so it would have something to project. So after spending the afternoon studying the manual, um, I made the required run to Best Buy where the required 19-year-old helped me find all these things. Because now there are, you know, there are all these USB-C whatever. So I just needed to make sure I had a 19 year old help me buy the right things. So then I came back, I sat in the backyard in the afternoon and I hooked everything up and turned on the projector and it was just a big nope. I was getting nothing. I was getting zero. And I, but I could hear from the fan that it was on, but it was, it was nope. So then, and so then I went inside and I went on the uh, projector company's website and they kept referring to this setup wizard that I oh, would yeah. be, that I would see the setup wizard, Leon, right? So right. And no matter what I did, I'm like, do I, do I download the setup wizard? Where is the setup wizard? I don't understand. Where's the wizard? So then I had like two hours of where is the wizard? And that even include a call to tech support where I found out that the projector company does not staff tech support except Monday through Friday, nine to five, which I think if you're selling projectors for outdoor movie theaters, those are not good hours. Those are really not good hours. <laughs> Daylight <laughs> hours, not, yeah. not that helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Weekends, well, and although you probably do want to set it up in the daylight rather than wait till dark, Liz. Well, Wait, Julie, that's what I thought. So then, so I'm in, I'm inside for like two hours trying to figure this out, reading, calling, emailing. Finally, I emailed tech support so they could get back to me on Monday. And so two hours have gone by and then I go outside. So now it's 9 p.m. And I go outside and the projector is still plugged in. And I look at what is being projected on the side of my house. But the setup wizard, the setup oh. wizard. The reason I could not see that is because it was light out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievably obvious now, now that I say wow. it? Wow. Yeah. Wow. The setup wizard lived in the projector. And it was. <laughs> I don't think that's a technical term, sister. <laughs> I'm just telling you, but. It but was good. good. It was projecting, but in broad daylight, I was not seeing it. So then I went outside. And I was so happy. There was the setup wizard, 9 p.m. when it's dark enough here in Oregon. Boom. I got that bad boy set up. So now there's just, there's actually one more cable I need to go get. But I am I am on the verge of opening night. I this is it's gonna be this week. Come hell or high water, this is this week. So I just wanted to let you know that. And I wanted there were so many in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group who also have done this, particularly Jennifer just posted a, a photo this week. She said, We just did this last weekend and streamed Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle with our neighbors. So so fun. And she posted the picture and what looks so so fun, Jennifer, which I'm a hundred percent not gonna do, is in Jennifer's photo. All the kids are in the pool, like floating in the pool, watching. Oh, that so, sounds, oh wow. That sounds yeah. deluxe. That yeah. sounds very so deluxe. I think, I think that might be something you need to do at Nana Camp, but I am not installing a pool. I am done. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> opening, opening night coming up this week. All I had to do was work in the dark. That was the key. Okay. <laughs> so if you could just get your mic working for the podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, maybe you should check to see if there's a setup wizard in your in your microphone. Okay, 
That's a, that's a little behind the scenes okay. joke. Uh, but Liz has had some technical difficulties in the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. But she's gonna she's gonna try it in the dark and everything's gonna be okay. So <laughs> that could be the solution, Julie. Thank you. Okay. Well, just one final uh, report from Nana Camp uh, 2020, and this is something that I think every grandparent knows that when you are entrusted with your grandchild, the m most important thing is that you want to return that grandchild in the same condition that you got them right? That you just don't want anything to happen to the child under your watch. But part of summer camp, as you know, Leon and Liz, is it's insect bites, it's scratches, it's cuts, it's gashes and rashes. And so here at Nana Camp, I have three tubes of ointment that are in my pack at all times. Okay. I've got Benadryl gel, I've got Neosporin, and I've got Aquaphor. Those, this, these are my go-to ointments. Now, with Ben, this rashes are pretty serious because he has allergies and he has asthma. He travels with an inhaler and an EpiPen. Um, and he is, you know, he's also probably the most likely to get cuts and gashes. So he, I am constantly <laughs> applying either Benadryl or Neosporin to him. Okay, that is, that's my one-two go-to ointments for Ben. Now, Alice... She's a little older, but she seems to have like rashes. Now, I don't know whether it's contact dermatitis. I don't know whether these are heat rashes or just teenage angst. I'm not sure. So, <laughs> so, but I find that just applying some of that Benadryl gel, that really soothes and reassures her that whatever the, the microscopic rash that she's seeing on her arm is going to go away. I don't see it. The one that was on her forehead, I don't know what she was talking about, but the Benadryl worked. Okay. <laughs> and then Peter, the youngest, he feels things very deeply. I mean, that when he gets an insect bite, he is deeply and morally offended that, <laughs> that, that an animal would bite him. So... I am using a lot of Benadryl on him, but he also came down yesterday and he told me that he had an itch in his private parts. Okay, no. I was, oh, brother. Oh, brother. So, of course, now I am down on my hands and knees inspecting the, the private parts, <laughs> all parts of the private parts. And I don't see anything. But, you know, you got to do something. You can't just say rub it up, which was the school of medicine that my, our parents adhered to, right? <laughs> that we could get bites, scratches, you know, just. And broken our mother bones. was a nurse. Broken, right? Yeah, broken bones. Yes. Yeah. Our mother was a nurse. She did take care of us. Our father, he just was not interested in this at all. I'm going to just say rub it up. But so this is Peter. He's very sensitive. I'm inspecting it. So that's when I go with the aquaphor because I don't want to do any harm down in that area. You know what I mean? But right. he wants, he wants an ointment. He wants some treatment. So that's it. Benadryl, Neosporin, aquaphor. Okay. <laughs> Just remember that. Beautiful. That is some good advice. Yeah. Those are three ointments everyone can use. I, yeah, that Benadryl is magic. It's magic. We, yeah, my son breaks right? a lot it's of that. Just, yeah. You got to do it. You got to yeah. get, you, you can't just say, oh, don't worry about it. You, you yeah. have to treat it. Right. <sighs> All right. Those are great updates. I do think there should be some crossover programming between the outdoor cinema and Nana camp for sure. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I feel like that should, that should work. <laughs> right. 
We uh, are going to thank a few sponsors here. We have a new sponsor to thank, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. We're so grateful to have ButcherBox as a sponsor of Satellite Sisters. We're grateful, Liz, because delicious cuts of meat and fish come to our house, to our front door. They're frozen in perfectly proportioned, you know, pieces, and then we can cook them for a delicious dinner. What's not to be grateful for? I know. I know. And the best part is, like, okay, let me use last night as an example. It got to be like 530. I'd been working in the house all day, hadn't really gotten out, hadn't done any shopping. I'm like, oh, what am I going to have for dinner? And then I opened my freezer drawer and I had so many excellent butcher box choices. You know, there was a little New York strip there. There were some scallops there. I actually went with the chicken tenders, Liam. I love those chicken tenders. They're so cuts. delicious. I wouldn't have thought I would ever become a chicken tenders girl. They are so perfect for exactly the kind of night I was having last night. So thank you, ButcherBox, for the convenience. Not just for kids, chicken tenders. No, they're not for, no. they're just delicious. Yeah, delicious. We are talking about ButcherBox, of course. It's the ultimate convenience. Right to your doorstep, free shipping always, and you can curate those boxes so you get exactly what you want. And of course, it's high quality cuts at an amazing value. And you get these great exclusive member deals. So you never really know what's going to be in my box this month. You get to choose some fun stuff every month. So thank you, ButcherBox, for making our lives more convenient. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering Satellite Sisters listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sisters and use code sisters to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Butcherbox.com sisters. Use code sisters. Thanks, ButcherBox. We're back. Uh, sisters, you know what? We had a royal wedding over the weekend. Did you happen to see the pictures of the a wedding or the marriage of Princess Beatrice to Eduardo Mapelli Mosey? I don't understand how this snuck up on us, Julie. Like, well, it did... was all right. Well, first of all, Princess Be Beatrice, she's the oldest daughter of uh, Prince Andrew and the Duchess of York. You know her. But, and, but she's probably best known for wearing that wackadoodle hat to Kate and Will's wedding. Remember that yes. thing? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, okay. So she got engaged to this nice guy, uh, Eduardo, and they had big plans for a big wedding. But, of course, that was squashed by COVID. Okay. So there she is. She is, you know, she wants to get married. She's in love. Well, who steps in but her grandmother to help her, okay? And when your grandmother is the queen, that it can it means it can be gloriously perfect. I mean, so she borrowed her grandmother's vintage Norman Hartnell gown, and she added a couple of, I don't know whether they're poof or puff sleeves, Liz, but Ooh. that's what she added to the, to the gown. And then she topped it with Queen Mary's diamond tiara. And it was the same tiara that Queen Elizabeth wore to her wedding. So highly sentimental, highly sentimental that the queen would step in to help. And why did she have to step in to help? Well, of course, because this is her beloved granddaughter. And then, of course, her father, Prince Andrew, is in the middle of a serious sex scandal. So that's swirling all around him. Right. And, the and the Duchess of York, Fergie, well... 
I, you know, our mother told us never to say, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. But she was on Satellite Sisters. And I really had the feeling that she was not a Satellite Sister. That's all I can say. (laughs) Oh, I had forgotten about that. Uh, I have never forgotten about about her. I have never forgotten about that episode at all. Anyway, so there she is, you know, I mean, poor Beatrice, she's the old, you know, her sister had the big wedding, you know, everybody else in the royal family had giant weddings, and she had this perfect small wedding, 10 people, the most amazing flowers outside that chapel at Windsor Castle. I mean, they were spectacular, and she looked so happy. And there she was in the picture. You know, she's got the queen right there. And they even propped up the Duke of Edinburgh. They got him, like, you know, revved up. I mean, he's like 100 years old. Perfect. Good for her, you know? I mean, that was a a nice little thing. But I think it's, I think the moral of the story is grandmothers and grandfathers can save the day. And that if you're in that position right now to help people come together, to share more love and hope, I'm all for that. Oh, okay. Okay, Okay, Julie, I, yeah, I didn't care about that wedding at all. I didn't even know why we were talking about it on the show, but you made me care. So thank you, Julie. Okay. I didn't know what was happening. I just, I was, so, so, you know, so it was very nice and it was really, it was about a couple that's in love, but it was about a grandmother who loved her grandchild Mm -hmm. and wanted to make her, make her have a special day. That's what I think. Okay. Well done. Well, you have to be for that. Okay, we're for that. You convinced us. Uh, All right, moving on. So, you know, we've been trying to do some working it out segments here on the show because everyone's got a lot of extra just work-related stress going on right now, worries about workplaces and layoffs and how to be a good colleague or leader or all of that. So um, this week, I mainly want to thank all of the sisters and misters who weighed in with advice for Melanie, because Melanie posted a question in the Facebook group that was kind of like, here's the way I'm feeling, can you help? So I'm gonna give you a snapshot of the question and then some of your great answers. So she wrote, I'm a middle manager in finance for a global manufacturing company. My company's going through heavy restructuring. I just found out my job is safe and I'm sitting here waiting to find out how many people have to let, I have to let go. I'm looking for help in how to say goodbye in a kind and caring way, something the corporate world does not do well. These people are important to me. We are like family, and most have worked at the same company for many years. Uh, But how do we keep folks motivated to pass on their procedures and share their knowledge and be motivated until the end of their their work date? So, you know, it was amazing the thoughtful and helpful counsel people had, but most of all, Good for you, Melanie, for even thinking about this. And I just know from all those episodes of Safe for Work I did, you know, sisters, most people really like their jobs and most people really value their colleagues. I cannot tell you how many people, how many questions I would always get where people say, like, I love my colleagues or they're like families. So, and I know all the jokes are always about uh, work is such drudgery and those crazy people we work with. But, you know, most of the time people like the crew that they're with. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, so uh, lots of people weighed in. I encourage you to go listen, read what people suggested, but I wanted to special shout out to Polly because Polly said, I've been laid off three times and none of them were done humanely. Uh, and that's what, oh. 
That's what pushed me into a career of coaching managers and team development. So my team was like a family, despite it being almost entirely remote workforce. So here's what Polly said she did when the layoffs came. And many of these I've never thought of. She said, first of all, I wrote many undated general letters of recommendation and made sure they knew how to contact me for more customized letters at any time. Wow, that's nice. That is that, that takes a lot of work and that's very generous. Yeah. Yeah. She said, I created a contact spreadsheet for all 120 of us to fill out with preferences for future contact. So if people want to stay in touch or not, we made ourselves available to everyone, regardless of reporting structure. So people could ask questions, vent, tap us for resources. That one I liked. This one was one of my favorites, because if you've been through this, you've met this person. She said, I ran interference with a bulldog of a change agent who lulled us all into believing we were safe and then laid us all off in one fell swoop. Uh, so, yeah, somebody's got to take down the change agent. <laughs> and um, and then, she, then she said, the most important thing I did was coach the team toward leaving with their heads held high by doing the best job they could to transfer information onto the next people. And several of them actually learned a lot in that process and it set them up well for their next jobs. So, and her last thing she said is, the last thing I'll say is to be as accessible to them emotionally as feels safe right now for you. Sometimes just hearing, I'm sorry, this is terrible. I will do anything I can to help you find your next job is the most you can do. So I think that's all super advice. I super. do too, Liz. I mean, I do think that, you know, you go through a grieving process when you lose, yeah. job, you know, and you have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge that for the people who've lost the jobs and those that are remaining, uh, that remain because they also grieve the loss of their coworkers, you know? So. Exactly, Julie. Exactly. And that's what Melissa said in the next letter. I just want to read a couple sentences from. She said, I work in benefits and have been laid off three times. Twice I had to stick around almost six months to close down programs. I've been part of humane layoffs and part of the don't let the door hit you on the way out layoffs. <laughs> and so she said, saying goodbye. This is what you were just mentioning, Julie. Saying goodbye as a survivor is also hard. Just keep in mind, leaving employees may have a lot of feelings, fear, shock, resentment, sense of betrayal, um, and especially with COVID going on in their lives. Realize that it may not make sense. To, uh, realize they may take it out on you, even though you're trying to stay above that, which I think that's really true. You just have to kind of understand what people are going through and show appreciation to the contributions that they've made. So thank you, Melissa. Thank you, uh, Polly. There were lots of other people. And if you again, if you read through the thread, you'll see Melanie keeps weighing in saying, thanks, this was really helpful. Like, oh my God, that's a good piece of advice. And then at the very end, she wrote, thank you, everyone. I just had a conversation with our HR person, a lovely lady who is an empathetic thinker, similar to me. We both had a cry. We're going to try to get this through as much as possible. I thank every one of you for your thoughtful perspectives. I'm very glad to lately have found this group. So, all hail Satellite Sisters and Misters for backing up Melanie and many others in the sisterhood and misterhood who are just going through some hard things right now. So that's it. That's working it out this week. We're working out for each other, Leon. That's what we're doing. We're working out for each other. I love it, Liz. I love it. That was all good advice. Very thoughtful. Yeah. Best of luck. Best of luck. 
Leanne, I saw this article and I just, uh, I, I immediately um, saved it and I thought of you. And it was, it, it appeared in the Wall Street Journal uh, this week that apparently parents are helping steer job searches for the 2020 grads that are stuck at home. I don't know if this sounds familiar to you, yes. but college grads, class of 2020, I mean, could they have come out at a worse time with the pandemic? And it's, and it's truly, and entry-level jobs are harder to find now. They had a, a recent report from Glassdoor, which is a very big website for job search and salary information. Entry-level postings in the month of May fell by 70%. Okay, wow. so wow. it is hard. Yes, it is hard to find a job. But here's the thing. Everybody's at home, right? Mom. Right mom, maybe dad, mom and dad and the college grad. And you know what? Uh, Robert Half, which is a large staffing firm, one of their senior executive directors said that they are seeing many parents actively involved in, in helping their kids, their college grads get jobs, okay? That they are trying to help them navigate this whole new world. How's it going at your house, Liam? Well, so Colin came home about two and a half weeks ago now. Uh, his plan was to work freelance, actually assist his brother in his business, his photography and gear rental business. And in March, that was a great plan because my older son had a lot of work and could indeed hire Colin. His work is not as robust as it was, but it's getting back to normal. So there's a lot of sitting around on the couch and Julie it is the hardest thing in the world not to say every hour on the hour. So how, did you put a resume together in the four years you were at college and oh. you had access to the career to the career uh, workshops I know, there? I know. Every day? No. No resume. No, nothing. And, you know, he keeps saying, but I want to be freelance. So it's like a double knife because that's, you know, the freelance, you really have to hustle. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Well, you so you want to be freelance? It's, yeah, it's torture. It it is torture. It's yeah. torture. So many college grads do not want their parents to help. Okay, no. because help no. equals badgering. Okay, they yes. don't want that. Okay, but in fact, many college grads, not you know, not only uh, the class of 2020, but previously, you know, people do use their family and friends to network and to find jobs. That is part of a normal. In normal times, that would be part of the uh, job, you know, process. But now parents are really finding that, you know, they they want to get involved. So some are hiring career coaches, you know, uh, but uh, but the career coaches in this article in the Wall Street Journal reported that they had to set boundaries with no nosy parents. <laughs> the parents are paying the bills, but they want to find out if it's actually working or if the kids are following up on any of the advice that the career coaches are getting. Uh, but Leanne, I have a plan for you because there was one mom that was profiled in this Wall Street Journal article, and she has set up a dessert and decisions night at her house. Okay. <laughs> oh, she wanted to provide a low key approach 
to encouraging her 22-year-old to at least get going on making certain choices or eliminating certain choices because her son, you know, didn't really have, apparently went to college and didn't put together a resume or visit the career service office. So Ever. Ever. Okay, yeah. so listen to some of the nights that she's put together. How about a peach cobbler and policy jobs night? So, <laughs> right? So oh. you just talk about a specific field with a specific jerk. Wow. The dessert. Or how about mudslides and the military? Maybe your son <laughs> or daughter wants a military career. <laughs> so I think that this is really... You know, forget the expensive career coach, you know, or don't forget websites. I think the desserts and decision night at home could be a real winner for uh, for you and Colin and for a lot of other college grads. You know what? It reminds me of the advice I got from Sue and Steph on our pandemic parenting show. They had that tactic for college, right? It was you just can't talk to your kids about college 24-7, even though you're all in the same house. So they had set aside, like, we will talk about college every Saturday night from five to seven, right? Uh And this is very much the same thing. Like, I feel like I could talk Colin into one night a week doing some sort of career advancement activity um, (laughs) with maybe cocktails. I think cocktails and appetizers might work better. That really, that really goes to your strength, not, not to, not to take anything away from your baking skills, sisters. (laughs) But I think that you might make more headway with Colin's career if, you know, because you are very good at the hearty appetizers. Yeah, (laughs) I am. So, and that way you don't talk about it the other six and seven eighths of the days of the Uh week, but like one night. Yeah. He could use a little help. On the other hand, he's working three days this week. So, okay. All right. He's getting off the couch. So uh, it's still, it's a challenge. It is a a challenge challenge for parents. You understand why they're involved. They don't want to be helicopter parents, but they do want to encourage and provide additional support in very unusual times. Very unusual times. I agree. agree. And by, by, by limiting how and when it gets discussed, you are kind of containing the contagion, you know, you're just, containing it which i think should be our approach to all things right now in the in the time of covid let's just contain the contagion and if the contagion is panic that you're never going to get a job you just got to get that contained somehow so i like it really smart idea good advice joel (laughs) okay so um one last thing favorite words you know uh you you read all kinds of news now about what's happening in the animal kingdom during the pandemic, right? So we've all seen the viral videos of kangaroos shopping downtown streets in Australia or jackals in Tel Aviv and bears. Haven't we seen many, many bears? What's with the bears? We've <laughs> seen many, many bears on our Facebook group. How yeah. our group has a bear in their backyard? <laughs> the bears are having a very big year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. So, So anyway, so as a way of organizing the scientific observations around all of this unusual behavior. There are a couple of researchers who have proposed a name for this period of time because they're scientists, that's what they do. And they said, so this guy said, we noticed that people started referring to the lockdown period as the great pause, but felt a more precise term would be helpful. We propose anthropause, 
to refer specifically to a considerable global slowing of modern human activities, notably travel. So anthropause, isn't that just a hugely appealing word? Like, yes. okay, like we're all quieting down and now it's a, they make the point, it's really a unique opportunity to study the global patterns in animal behavior, both for good and ill. Like you see some animals who are totally flourishing, like the kangaroos downtown. And then you see they, but they also say from a purely scientific point of view, there are other animals that are suffering because, for instance, they rely on human protection. So poaching has increased or conservation efforts have decreased for endangered birds because people can't work together. So they just want to have a way of tracking it, both, you know, the good news and the bad news during the anthropause. So I'm just going to start working that into as many sentences as I can because it's, <laughs> It's even, it's even fun to say. That's an important thing about a word. Fun to say. You know, and well, a lot of usages for that. I think yeah. a lot of usages for that. It's hard to know even what to call this time. The time of COVID, the pandemic. What is it? We don't yeah. know. But an anthropause, for sure. Yeah. Anthropause. Mm -hmm. And oh, oh, one last thing. It is a good reminder that a lot of the viral videos we see on YouTube, that's not exactly science. You know, when you see that. <laughs> You're I mean, kidding me, Liz. No. No, Julie, they made the point that that, that video of the dolphins in uh, swimming in Venice, yeah. as yeah. like, look how clean, it was, that was fake. Those dolphins totally. were really, they were in Sardinia. That was yeah. not Venice. Like, you could look at the color of the water and be pretty sure that was not Venice. But anyway, even though it's not science, I say keep the videos coming during <laughs> anthropause. <laughs> All right. When we return, we have Cooking with Liz. We have magazine HodgePodge. And Julie, oh, Julie's going to blow the doors off why your feet hurt. So that's exciting. Mean, do, do your feet hurt? I'm going to tell you why. You're not going to believe this. Yeah. This show doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. All right. But first, we need to stop and thank some sponsors. Liz, it's the time of the show when I talk about my hair. You don't mind, do you? <laughs> It's one of my favorite times because you have very good hair, Leanne. I would say of all the sisters, you are at near the top. You and Monica both have excellent, full, thick hair. The rest of us, we're all along the spectrum. Okay. Well, I would like to thank Pros for my hair. Uh -huh. uh, you know, because I have really been sticking with this Pros regimen for a couple of years now, and I keep adding pieces to it to really enrich my whole pros experience. I can't tell you, I get a lot of compliments on my hair. I'm very happy with my hair. I don't have too many bad hair days. Uh, and I feel like it's healthy hair, which is really yes. great. I, I'm not overworking it or overusing the products. They all work together, Liz. That's because at pros, you get, you take that personal quiz, you know, yeah. yes. they're going to analyze 85 factors. And so they handpick clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get me closer to my hair goals with every wash, Liz, hair goals. I feel I like they understand your hair. By the time you get to the bottom of that list, 85 things, they know your hair. That's right. So I'm taking the hair vitamins. I take the hair vitamins. It's made a huge difference. That pros sends me every month. Great. I'll just take the vitamins, the shampoo, the conditioner. Sometimes they need the leave-in conditioner. Sometimes they need the pre-shampoo treatment. I use it all. It makes a huge difference. So pros, thank you so much. They are the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral too. If that's important to you, 
Fantastic. Yeah, Pros is a certified B Corp and an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. We love Pros and we'd like you to try it. Get your own custom made-to-order hair care from Pros. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Okay, 50% off the oh. first subscription order plus 15% off and free shipping on every subscription order after that. Here's where you go. Go to pros.com slash sisters. And pros is P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Thanks, pros. All right, sisters, we're back. Uh, is it, I'm, I'm trying to bring up my... Uh, it's hodgepodge time, Leanne. Leanne, I'm out of. I'm just breathless, waiting to hear about your magazine hodgepodge. Okay, all right. Here's what happens in the closet. I only have the one desk, and I'm trying to go from the ad copy to the rundown. So that's what happened there in that little gap, people. But uh, we're here for you. All right. So first of all, I just like to salute the magazine business. You know. When my magazines come to my mailbox, I'm just shocked that people are still producing magazines remotely. That's yeah. not easy to do. It's hard to do when you can't shoot any new pictures, for instance, or design anything new or create tableaus or art direct anything. So producing a magazine remotely, my hat is off to you, editorial teams all over the world producing these magazines. That being said, it's clear people are running out of content. <laughs> <laughs> the hodgepodge <laughs> this, this gives I me mean, hodgepodge they don't know what to say anymore right because <laughs> you can't there's so many things you can't really write about like travel stints, uh -huh. you know or like what to wear to your friend's wedding there just aren't going to be any big weddings for a while so they have really had to dig deep and and dig stupid and that real simple <laughs> you brought it <laughs> You managed to eke out an entire issue with almost no substantive content. Fantastic. All right. A big shout out to Real Simple's 28 Ways to Relax. I mean, it's like a 10-page spread because they have nothing else to put in the magazine. And it's a lot of stock photos of dandelions, you know, and blue skies. They, I don't know where they dug these up. Okay, by the time you get to like page nine of the 28 ways to relax, here's what they are actually suggesting. They went to just all kinds of people. Oh, they went to people who are bakers and people who are legal assistants and clinical psychiatrists they went to. Here's two actual suggestions. Don't hug a tree, stare at the branches. Yes, people, that is in a magazine. <laughs> I'm well, glad you paid. Did you pay money for that magazine, Leon? Because that that's some good advice there. I mean, the, here's this guy. Richard Taylor is a Ph.D. He's the head of the physics department at the University of Oregon. And this is all he's got. Stare up at a tree. That's going to help you relax. Well, all right, Dr. Taylor. Sure. <laughs> and then not to be outdone by staring at a tree. How about this from Allie Roth Farrar? She's the author of and this is a long, hard word. The Wellfulness Project. What? <laughs> Wellfulness Project. <laughs> okay. Hey. Here's what she suggested. Not to be outdone by staring at a tree. She said, watch the pot. She said someday she just stares at the tea kettle and watches it boil. <laughs> Honestly, oh, 
I thought the whole point is that the, a watched pot never boils. That's not, that just sounds oh, wow. like a really frustrating exercise watching she a pot. Has, she has run out of ideas too. She's totally to, run out of ideas. They, they, you know, the magazine has run out of ideas. Now even their experts have run out of ideas. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Thank you. Real simple. Keep it up. I can't wait for next, next month. I right. mean, 28 ways to stare at a pot is going to be next month. Uh, okay. Uh, then I got, this was exciting. I got a new magazine, you guys, a new magazine. Imagine how great it must be to launch a magazine in the middle of a pandemic and an economic collapse, especially one that's called Millie, your life, your money. It's for female investors. Now I know you guys didn't know, but I'm a female investor because I belong to that investment club. And now I am the partial owner of not one, but two shares of Amazon stock. So thanks very much. So they must know. Really put in the time. Really put in the time. They must. We're going way out on a limb. Amazon. Uh, So um, they must really know that I'm their target audience with those two shares of stocks. So uh, here's a concept that I had never heard of before, but I loved it. And I feel like it's a plot bunny for another book, Financial Infidelity. Have you ever heard that? story of that that term yeah generally involves some kind of secrecy or deception says uh stephanie rodriguez a personal finance and expert coach like other forms of infidelity it's an action that violates the rules expectations and boundaries of a relationship and when i buy a pair of shoes and hide it under the bed that's financial (laughs) infidelity land it is julie I, I, see, I don't agree with that. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't have a man under the bed. I just have a pair of shoes. <laughs> I and know. I think there's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, Julie, are you violating the rules, expectations, and boundaries of the relationship? I don't think so. Okay. I, I'm just waiting for the right moment. There's a right moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, 41% of Americans have committed an act of financial deception in their relationship, whether it was Hiding a purchase or cash, the two most common behaviors are lying about debt. I just thought that was a great term, financial infidelity, mm-hmm. and that would be a great jumping off point. If anyone's writing a, you know, a screenplay or anything, go ahead. Because they then they profile this woman and she she made her husband hit the road. He just kept stuffing the bills in the trunk of his car. <laughs> and not paying Okay. Them. That's not good. <laughs> that is no. Where you shouldn't we put bodies or bills in the trunk of the car. Yeah. Okay. Financial infidelity. Thank you, Millie. Now I know. Now I know. Okay. All right. And then finally from Southern Living. I don't know why I get this magazine, right? I get I love it. Southern Living. I like that magazine. They have some very good recipes, Liam. Oh, huh. Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to beg to differ. <laughs> I guess it's because all the magazines okay. I actually like went out of business. So they just started sending me Southern Living. Most months, I don't even take it out of the packaging before I put it oh, in the recycling. But, yeah, no, not, not, not interested. But this month, I did. And it's a good thing because today's article is The Wonders of Okra. That's actually what it was called. Okay. The Wonders of Okra. Now, I know okra is a Southern thing. And I have, a, I have acquired no appreciation for okra. You know, I don't, other than the word slimy, that's the only thing I associate with <laughs> So they have all these beautiful pictures, fried shrimp and okra po'boys and shoestring style okra and bourbon brine pickled okra. And I'm, 
okra. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll give it another thought. And then they, at the end of the article, they have some basics for you. How, how, do, how do you work with okra? One, you select small. They, they want you to get small okra. Two, check the color. And then the third tip is where they really lost me. Three, be quick. And as they write, once you cut into fresh okra, okra, it will start to release its mucilaginous goo. <laughs> work, wow. with, work with speed to cut down on the slime and don't chop okra into very small pieces, which will make it gooier. I mean, what the Southern living? It's going to... What is that? That does not I mean, sound I, very appealing. And it's just confirming the inherent sliminess of the vegetable. Yes. I mean, okay. That's, there's a lot of things in my life that I just don't need to deal with right now. And goo is one of them. <laughs> so. It seems very harshly. And because, I mean, okra is a nice addition to any gumbo. And I'm sure you've enjoyed it in gumbo. Uh, and I'm sure you've worked with other plants and vegetables that provide challenges. Uh, and you've managed to do it. I think you're being way too harsh on. Uh, okay, Oprah. I just feel like if the word mucilaginous is attached <laughs> to your vegetable, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a very just, ugly part yeah. of anthropause. You don't want yeah. that happening during the anthropause. You don't want anything that's mucilaginous. <laughs> you clearly don't have the right mindset, Leon. You yeah, should stay not. away from o o okra. Yeah. You know, I'm, it's going to be the next superfood. You eat kale. I don't know what you're talking about, you know? So, yeah, well, okay. It's not slimy, but all right, go ahead. Let's tell me why my feet hurt, Julie. <laughs> okay. Do your feet hurt, Leanne? Okay. Yes, all the time. Liz, do your feet hurt? I was thinking the reason my feet hurt is because you guys have been encouraging me to use a lot more salt in my food and that my feet must be swelling and that's why they hurt. So, no, no, no. Well, you are not alone. 75% of American adults surveyed by the American Podiatric Medical Associations, people suffer excruciating foot pain at some point in their lives. Okay. So uh, foot pain is real. Okay. Your feet, your feet hurting, you are not making it up. But here's the thing. Did you know that during COVID-19, people are reporting their feet are hurting more? And you know why? Because they're home. And they're not wearing shoes. And when oh. your feet are not getting the support for your soles and the balls of your feet, you're in trouble. Okay. So that is number one, you got to put your shoes back on. Okay. Even if you're not oh, going to work. Not work shoes. See, women have to wear heels and things to, uh, to conventional offices. So I feel like it's a huge liberating thing not to have to put those shoes back on. But you have to wear some shoes, Liz. Okay. okay? Oh. And now here's the next thing. And pay attention to this. Uh, again, outstanding numbers. 70% of people, adults, are wearing the wrong size shoe. Number one reason why people are have foot, foot pain, okay, is because the, you're buying shoes that are, do not accommodate either the, the width or the length or the dimension, width or length dimension of your foot. You're, I mean, you, we are buying the wrong size shoe. Do you have shoes like that in your closet that yeah. they're really yeah. not right? You know that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, shoes, shoes and bras, shoes and bras. They're all, all over the place size wise. Okay. And the number one culprit is most people are buying shoes that are too narrow for themselves. So, okay. Yeah. So that is, so you're wearing the wrong kinds or you're wearing the wrong kind of shoe 
for the type of activity that you're involved in. You're wearing the tight, pointy shoes and you're trying to walk around all over a big city. Okay, that's going to make make your feet hurt. Or you're wearing flip-flops, okay? And again, you decide to go on a on a walk. Okay, that's not that's not right. You've got to take care of your feet, okay? I mean, you have to realize in this this is an article in Good Housekeeping. They said you have to realize that really your feet are part of your body. You have to, you know, you have to incorporate stuff. I mean, they talk about orthotics. We all need support. Think about how what you're doing to the rest of your body. Aren't you strapping it in, pushing it up, flattening it down? Well, your feet are no different. You can't just leave them in flip-flops, right? You got to strap them in. We I think they call up. that, yeah, they call that podiatric infidelity, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. Leah. We're on the verge of 28 ways to hold your feet together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then, I mean, okay. Ooh, if that's not your okay. issue, let's say, let's say you have the orthotics or let's say you have shoes that fit, but your feet still hurt. Then you have the whole category of corns, calluses, bunions, warts, ingrown toenails. Oh, right? stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Okay. So we sounds need. worse than okra. Worse than yes, okra. Yes, it does. Yep. It is it is slimier, Lynn. Okay, you gotta do that. You gotta take care of your feet. Here's another big one. If you either lose weight or gain weight, a 10-pound difference, that totally realigns your structure. Okay. And that can make your feet hurt. That's, <laughs> this is really I thought this was going to be an uplifting article on doom and gloom and I mean about on feet. And this is a lot of doom and gloom because well, everybody I'm... in America just gained 10 pounds over the last three months. So, <laughs> so they got to put their foot. And then finally, the other uh, the culprit, and this is not a surprise, hormones, okay, can affect, uh, can impact whether or not your feet hurt. Okay. You may have an underlying condition uh, and that, that may uh, impact it. So, wow. Uh, so your feet, everybody's feet hurt. We got to put our <laughs> shoes back on. Okay. You got to find the right size shoe and you got to do some maintenance down in the foot area. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Yeah. But the self pedicure is just another way I've been injuring my feet. So I don't, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> then you get the three tubes, Liz. Then you get your, you get <laughs> aquaphor. You get the Neosporin yes. or you get the Benadryl. Okay? okay. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> it all comes full circle. All right. Thank you, Julie. I think that you have provided a service to, uh, to the feed owners of America. Moving on. Uh, so cooking with Liz. So this is what I've been doing during the pandemic. I realize now I'm coming up on season 15, sister. So it essentially means we've been at this for 15 weeks. Right. That, that is alarming. That's an alarming number. Anyway, this week, if you watched, um, I cooked Gold Creek salmon barbecue on the grill in my backyard here in Bend, Oregon. And it came up, this, you know, uh, series came up with a side order of sort of Alaskan geographic info. So you got your food and you got, you know, info about things you may not have known about Alaska. So um, I enjoyed this week's episode. The co my co-stars, our brother Dick and our sister-in-law Susan, I think added a whole new, a whole new flavor to cooking with Liz. What did you guys think? 
I agree, Liz. In fact, I, I think uh, your co-stars were actually the breakout stars. Our <laughs> brother Dick was outstanding. In fact, Liz, I noticed that you actually did not do any cooking on the <laughs> Cooking with Liz show. That you really sort of commandeered our brother Dick to grill your salmon, to grill and baste your salmon. Well, and well. while Susan was providing color commentary on life in Alaska. So, uh -huh. yeah. Okay, well, I was just trying a new thing. You know, you got to mix up the format a little bit sometimes. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I had to laugh when the question was who uh, who did the cooking in your family, your mother or your father, and I'm thinking neither. And then you two looked at each other and went, "Oh, neither. They never grilled. <laughs> yeah, like, really. We never right. saw our father grill. <laughs> I never saw him grill. Yeah, he, he would have set the house on fire. Our father was not." <laughs> Good. Liz, you used to grill the hot yeah, dogs and I did, you used to grill everything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, I yeah. loved it. It was good. <laughs> okay. So this week I am so for the coming season, which will be this Saturday and Sunday, uh, I'm gonna strip it down and herb it up, sisters. Julie, this is one of your mottos, herb it up. <laughs> so I decided what is especially because it's gonna be a hundred degrees here every day this week. So what's like a simple but super summary thing I can learn how to make? Remember, the concept is Liz needs to learn how to make some just basic things that I can keep doing once this is all over. So this week, it's pesto, sister. Oh. I'm just doing pesto two ways. I'm starting with Ina Garden's basic pesto recipe. So I'll be making pesto. And then I'll use it one way on a cold dish and one way on a hot dish. So pesto two ways. That's what I'm going with. I'm herbing it up. And pesto is my selected herb. Great. I think it sounds wonderful. I love pesto. Okay. I do yeah. too. But I've never made it. And just for those of you who have like nut allergies, I just want to remind you, Ina's pesto has not one but two different kinds of nuts in it. She uses the walnuts and the pignoli nuts. So this huh. is not your... This is not your week. Sorry about that. Anyway, so I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> or just get yourself some Benadryl. Okay. <laughs> so this is Saturday noon Pacific time, Sunday noon Pacific time, live in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. All right. Sounds good, Liz. All right. I just, I have some book um, suggestions this week for entertaining sisters, but I'm looking at the clock. So I'm just going to mention one book and I'll put the others on our Facebook group and our Facebook page. But I want to shout out to Amy Papel, whose new book, Musical Chairs, comes out today. Now, here's two things about this book. First of all, people enjoyed the Sweeney Sisters very much. And I feel like this book, which I just finished, is almost a companion to the Sweeney Sisters. There are a lot of remarkable similarities to the book. It's set in Connecticut. It involves a big family. There are artists. There's chaos. There's dogs. There's romance. It's just a super delightful story of like a family spending the summer together in Connecticut. So that sounds familiar. And that's great. And here's the other really fun thing. Amy Papel, the author, and I went to summer camp together. She Are you kidding? Wow, no. Leanne, she, is a Wyant, she is a Wyant. She is a Wyant girl. Uh, we she's from Dallas, Julie. So there was just a big article about her in the Dallas Morning News. And uh she, we went to camp in Maine together, Camp Wyanagonic, and we had lost touch. And when I knew her in camp, her name was Amy Mitchell. So when I started seeing her on Twitter, and she's a writer who started writing novels about when I did, so both in our late 40s when we started, 
I was like, oh, this looks fun. Oh, this looks interesting. And then I got a message from her. She said, hey, did you go to Camp Wyanaganic? Like, because I <laughs> my name hasn't changed. So we reconnected. So it's a very small world. But I would highly recommend this book anyway. But go Wyo Girl, uh, W-Y-O-N-E-G-O-N-I-C, Amy Papel's new book, Musical Cherish, by my camp friend, Amy. So. I love that title, yeah. too. That sounds, it sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah, It's that good. Well, great. it's about musicians. Yeah, it's very clever. It's really, it's really a delight. I, I loved it. So congratulations to Amy. I'll recommend that. Um, all right. We want to thank Sergio Enriquez for helping us put on our show together. We miss seeing Sergio, but we're so grateful that he can continue to work with us through all this. Thank you, Sergio. Uh, sisters, what's on your to-do list? Well, I have a quick update. You know, last week I was resting the dishwasher because <laughs> it stopped working. People said, let's. Okay, bait and switch, because I rested it for a week. I turned it on Sunday, no dishes in it, worked like a gem. I'm like, well, there you go. Edna Dolan was right, just resting the dishwasher. So I loaded it all up and fired it up again, and it didn't work. Oh. <laughs> so. I think I have to call the dishwasher repairman. That's my to-do list item this week. Liz, how about you? Well, sisters, I am going to my first Zoom wedding this weekend. Uh, my friend Betsy, who you guys know, that she planned a small wedding for this summer. And then, as she wrote in her email, then coronavirus said, how about a tiny wedding? <laughs> so she's getting married in her father's backyard this weekend. But in-person attendance reduced way, 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 way down. But she invited her friends. She said, if, uh, but an in-person attendance is reduced. In case your idea of a fun Saturday is watching a wedding on your com computer screen, we'd love to open up the feed and welcome any friends who would like to tune in. So, yep, that's what I'm doing Saturday night, 6 p.m., watching uh, Betsy and David's wedding. Are, are you going to get dressed up for the wedding, Liz? Well, that's a good question, Julie. Maybe I should. Maybe that would yes. make it so fun. Yes. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. What else are you doing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Maybe I can. Yeah. Some kind of Princess Beatrice crazy hat. Something like that. Anyway, Zoom wedding. I'm all for it. Sounds mm -hmm. good. Okay. I'm Julie. working. My to-do, s'mores. Have, we haven't made them at Nana Camp yet, so we're going to make some s'mores. Oh. That sounds just perfect. Sounds good. Traditional s'mores, or are you going to you know, no, do a take-home? Just traditional, William. Just, just <laughs> the classics. Classics, you know? I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to herb it up, you know? <laughs> herb it up. <laughs> Okra, I hear, is good on s'mores. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we have to go. Uh, we have to go. Okay. All right. Uh, sisters, have a great week. You, you too, you too Leah. Leah. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>